Okay. So, yes. Uh, Can you hear me okay with that? Cool. All right. So, I am going to be talking to you today about effective policy change. So, over the last 13,000 or so years of human history, our, our social organisation is becoming increasingly complex. So, started out as hunter-gatherers and over the last 13,000 years, we've worked our way through various stages of social organisation to today where we have modern nation-states. Uh, now, when you have larger groups of people, when you have more social complexity, you end up with coordination problems. So these are problems uh, where, yeah, you have to coordinate the, the efforts and resources of a large number of people. Uh, things like, you know, building large re religious monuments or maybe uh, sort of irrigation systems, road networks, things like that. Uh, maybe also uh, having a large standing army so you can defend yourself in times of strife or maybe you can go out and conquer neighbouring territories to uh, expand yours. So all of these require a political solution. Uh, they're, they're very large, uh, complex problems, and so the, the solution has inevitably been politics. Uh, so basically every modern nation state uh, organises itself uh, using politics, and uh, whether the political structure is, is small and laissez-faire and, and sort of hands-off, or whether it's large and uh, sort of in intrusive or interventionist, uh, obviously most nation states are somewhere in between those two extremes, uh, but, but politics is sort of a fact of life. So EA has a lot of advice for us as individuals. Uh, we can choose an effective charity and donate to it. We can think about our career options and try and have the most effective career. Uh, we can promulgate these ideas and so that other individuals can engage with them. Uh, but when we start to think about bigger problems, so problems that other people have, uh, have raised here, um, I, I think we start to get into this realm of where we have coordination problems and that actually... Probably the only way that we're going to see a lot of headway on them is by engaging with the political process. So things like, you know, existential risk, um, things like, uh, you know, global pandemic, uh, or what about uh, things like uh, making sure that people can, you know, overcome their biases and become happier and healthier individuals. Things like uh, addressing the causes of disease and poverty rather than just the symptoms. Now, some of these problems are likely to go away by themselves, uh, just, you know, the, the world will change. Uh, some of them will have uh, really innovative and advanced technological solutions that will uh, make them uh, things of the past. So uh, you can think of advances in medical science as being part of this. But many will not. And uh, so I think that, uh, that a lot of these problems and, and whether it's the problems that I've raised today or, or other problems that you see in your, in your community or in, in, in the larger world, uh, they're going to require a, a political solution. So politics is messy, and I think a lot of people have this kind of internal resistance to wanting to engage with it. Uh, it's full of compromise, it's full of bastardry, it's full of bad intentions. Uh, no one has a good word to say about anyone who engages with it. But I think that we can really uh, not afford to ignore it as a movement uh, because I think the, the uh, potential for, for doing good there is really high. So uh, I think, um, yeah, we should. I'm, I'm here to basically advocate that we start thinking about uh, political solutions to some of these problems. So now, as you know, my current role is uh, in the uh, communications director of uh, giving what we can. But my background is actually in politics. I've talked to a few about a few of you 
hear about this, but um, yeah, so I used to work for, um, uh, I'm sure most of you have uh, the former finance minister and current uh, shadow trade minister, Penny Wong. Uh, also, um, I was on the team that was uh, campaigning in the South Australian state election in 2014, which we uh, we somehow won. Um, we had a, a great campaign. Uh, but that's uh, Jay Weatherall was the Premier in South Australia. I was working for him. I've worked for a few other South Australian politicians. Uh, and uh, before that, I was sort of a party activist working on political campaigns, election campaigns that sort of thing. So uh, most of my adult life, I've, I've actually worked in politics. Now, I guess my, my political start probably came when I was about 15 years old and uh, at high school I started a little activist organisation and we did things like we printed up badges, um, you know, decrying the Iraq war, um, so it gives you some idea of how long ago this was. Uh, we, we put banners from a, um, uh, like an overpass in Adelaide and uh, you can see it's very clever, it's the, the Liberal Party logo, but yeah. You see what we've done? You see what we've done? Uh, and uh, honk out Howard, you know, get the motorists to, uh, to lean on their horn. Um, by this point, you can probably tell uh, what my, uh, my political persuasions are. I, I hope that you won't hold them against me. Um, obviously, uh, politics is quite a tribal thing, and if you have different uh, political predilections, I hope that you'll uh, put them aside uh, while you're, uh, you're listening to me. I hope this advice is uh, sort of fairly universal. But anyway, I, I think this, this was something um, that, that you could say we probably didn't achieve very much with this kind of activism. I don't know if anyone remembers the, the outcome of the 2004 federal election, but Mark Latham made a fairly inauspicious exit from, uh, from Australian politics, uh, and, and John Howard went on to uh, be the longest-serving Prime Minister in Australia's history since Rob Menzies. So you could say that, that we didn't necessarily achieve that much with our, with our activism. But the thing is, we had a lot of fun doing it. Uh, and, and we really enjoyed it and uh, we really felt like we were doing something. Now, I, I think we can probably make some parallels here between sort of that kind of political action and, and some sort of less effective altruism, we might say. So uh, we know that 300 billion US dollars is donated in the United States or thereabouts every year uh, and that's, that's actually about the size of the Australian federal budget. Uh, so, uh, for context, the World Health Organization's budget is about $4 billion. Uh, Bill and Melinda Gates releases about $4 billion in, in bequests every year. So, uh, you could think about the, the scale of what we could achieve with $300 billion. But we know that uh, often that that's, um, you know, locally focused projects, projects within the United States. Uh, and so, the, the effect of that money is, is to not do very much. And in a sense, I think it's that people are using... Uh, you know, because it's really difficult to know what makes a difference and it's really difficult to sort of see through uh, all the various different charities and obviously that's what something like Giving What We Can is designed to uh, to, to alleviate. But uh, people generally just use giving to charity as a proxy for making a difference. And in the same way, I as a 15-year-old and I think a lot of uh, other activists tend to use this thing of making some noise as a proxy for making a difference. And it's difficult to tell whether that actually uh, does achieve very much. So my advocacy today, I guess, is that I think we can probably uh, achieve better results rather than standing on the outside and, and shouting, uh, although that might be part of a, an effective campaign. Uh, but the, the, the crux of it should be that we work within the system uh, and we, we engage with the current political process uh, and try and use it to our advantage uh, in order to affect some policy change. Uh, now, some of this stuff might seem kind of obvious. It might seem obvious to, to those of you who either have a policy background or just have thought about it for, for a while, uh, that I think many activists, many people who want to uh, engage in, in sort of political change don't necessarily engage with the process itself and engage with the reality that, uh, that you do need to engage with the process 
in order to, to affect uh, substantial long-term change. So uh, just bear with me if it does seem like some of this stuff is a little bit obvious. Uh, as we've heard from other speakers, knowing what the right course of action is one thing, uh, but, but actually being able to transform that into, into action is, is definitely another. And sometimes uh, you get really excited about an idea and you, you, you run off in one direction. Uh, and I'm saying consider a few other options, maybe take pause for thought and, um, and try and engage with, uh, with a few different ways of making a difference. So just sort of thinking about this, let's say that there's an idea that you have which you think is really important uh, and you think it's going to change the world. It needs a political solution, so you need to turn it into legislation. So this is, this is generally, you know, the, the direction that you're wanting things to go. Now, of course, uh, this simple model here is uh, definitely not uh, just how it happens. It doesn't just, just go like that. Uh, so I guess first thing that I'll do is walk you through kind of some of the, the different uh, steps in the process that, that an idea takes from being a thought bubble in your head to being legislation that's binding on citizens and that, uh, that informs the actions of departments. So uh, like I said, you're starting out with an idea. Uh, the idea uh, could come from, you know, a think tank, a researcher, an academic. Uh, could come from, uh, say, a, a campaign in the public space, so uh, through the media. Uh, could come from just like a concerned individual. Uh, often, uh, ideas for, for public policy come from other politicians. So, uh, if they're not, not coming from within the government, they might be suggested by uh, uh, politicians' colleagues on the backbenches or, or from a crossbencher. So, in this case, you're the person with the idea. The next step uh, from, from taking it from, from idea to legislation is to go to a minister. So minister heads up a department, has a, an area of portfolio responsibility, uh, and basically what happens is the minister, you, you go into the minister's office, you try and convince them that you, your policy is really, uh, really important. Uh, not only is it going to save their department money, it's going to be great for their political career, uh, but it's also going to you know, change Australia or change the world. Uh, it's cost effective. It's, it's got all these great things going for it. So... Uh, you make your best pitch to the minister, and if they're convinced, maybe they send it off to a department. So uh, a department uh, will have a look at it, and they'll basically sanity check your policy idea against the sort of what else the government is doing. So uh, contextualise it within current government policy, uh, work out what the budgetary implications of it are, work out whether it intersects with, with other policy uh, ideas that are currently uh, in the department, uh, whether it's duplicating stuff that's already been done, whether it's been tried before. And so uh, the department will uh, put together a briefing which sort of summarises the ideas and then uh, come up with a recommendation to the minister. And so they send that back to the minister and the minister can either accept the recommendation or, or reject it. Uh, and if they accept it and it's a positive recommendation, then you might uh, move on to the next step. But of course, the department could always come back and say, actually, uh, looking at this idea, it's completely crazy and there's no way we could fund it and it's completely pie in the sky and uh, we're not interested. And anyway, we tried it before and it was a complete disaster. So uh, don't do this. So assuming that doesn't happen, assuming the minister uh, wants to push it further forward, then they have to introduce it to cabinet. So cabinet is the the sort of uh, deliberative body of all the ministers. So that's that's all the government ministers, or most of them in the federal government, uh, who uh, come together and they they make a sort of whole of government decisions on policy. So it's not just up to the minister of a particular department. It's up to all the ministers to uh, say yay or nay to a particular uh, sort of uh, way forward with the policy. And they might raise objections, like uh, maybe the policy conflicts with something that's happening in their department, or maybe they're already already doing something in this space. Uh, maybe they think that the programs that you're going to have to cut to fund your policy uh, aren't worth cutting, uh, so uh, they're, they're not prepared to fund the new policy. 
But uh, after there's some debating cabinet and uh, the, uh, the cabinet votes on this, maybe it goes uh, further on. So cabinet takes the policy, sends it off to a parliamentary drafts person, they turn it into a bill, and then they send it off to parliament, which is probably the, the sort of part of this process that most people are familiar with. And uh, so Parliament, uh, obviously, uh, you know, most of you know it through question time, but there is also just a lot of uh, discussing and debating uh, policy. And so uh, Parliament is, is obviously uh, composed not just of the party of government. So in the lower house, 